Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the most recent episode of Half Street High Heat. We appreciate you joining us as always. This is Amanda. You can find me on Twitter at awhite7877. And I am joined as always by my favorite co-hosts. You guys are my favorite people to talk about hey, the math with. Aren't you special? Whoa. <laughs> Nick and Ryan, and you can get them on uh, Twitter at DCNatchak, which you should all know by now. Because there are the best fun videos when the Nats win. You don't want to miss out on those. Although he may have to, you guys may have to change uh, Twitter handles soon. If you, yes, that's true. But the win <laughs> ones are the best. But you keep getting warned for them, so you may end up having to switch uh, Twitter handles <laughs> at some point. Hopefully that doesn't a, a happen. A captain, a captain goes down with his ship. Yep. <laughs> Once Nats done, we're done. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No I think we'll. Way. Well, I bet you we'll find some way to persevere. We always do. You can find the show at uh, at Hap Street High Heat, and you can find the DMV Sports Network, for whom we do this podcast, at DMV underscore SN. So how are you guys doing this week? Pretty good. Can't complain. Been kind of a wild week for the Nats. Yeah, um, to say the least. And I think I'm just going to dive on on in it because it was a wild week for the NL East. Uh, this division is an absolute dumpster fire. The Marlins, they entered the weekend with 27 wins. They're on pace to win 53 games. Now they're on pace <laughs> to win almost 60 because they swept the Phillies, who are an absolute dumpster. We'll get to them later. They are 30 and 46. And next up, they face the Nationals. Oh, boy. I was waiting for this one. The Mets. They split a four-game series against the Cubs after they dropped two or three against the Atlanta. They are 37-41. The only good thing going for them right now is Pete Alonso, who just smashed through the Mets' home run single-season rookie record as his 27th. It is June 23rd. But today, after a back-breaking loss for the Mets, things got a little heated in the clubhouse. Mickey Calloway did not like a comment that was made by a reporter, and Mickey turned to the porter and said, don't be a smartass, you mother effer. Later said, get the F out, out of here. We don't need that bull ass. Uh, Mickey then found the Mets PR person, told him, get that mother effer out of here. I don't want him in here. 
Um, Jason Vargas took exception into this and was staring down the reporter. And the reporter said, you have something to say? Jason Vargas looked at him and said, I'll knock you the F out, bro. And then proceeded to charge at the reporter, having to be held back by Gomez and Sendergaard. Mets are my new favorite team. The This is spectacular. The comment that started it all was a reporter telling Mickey, see you tomorrow, Mickey. I guess Mickey Calloway's the audacity does not not think there's going to be a tomorrow for him. Woof. So then we move to the Nationals, who had a pretty good week. You know, they're in a pretty good stretch right now. They managed a four-game split against the Diamondbacks. They took three games from the Phillies, even though it was supposed to be four, but Mother Nature said, we're not playing this week. And then they took one game against the Braves. Things fell apart in the other two games as the bullpen faltered, but they looked pretty good in those two games, even though they lost. They are 37-40. They are, once again, closer to last place than first place. The good news, next up is 12 games with teams on pace to lose over 100 games as they start with a three-game series against the Marlins. Then we move to the Phillies, and boy, oh boy, are they an absolute train wreck right now. They've lost seven in a row. They got swept by the fourth-place and fifth-place team in their division. How embarrassing is get swept by the Marlins. Fun fact, that's the Marlins' first sweep of the Phillies in 10 years. Um, they are 1-9 in, in their last 10. They can't hit, can't pitch, or play defense. Gabe Kapler says changes are on the way very fiercely to a reporter. I was almost intimidated watching that video. The entire fan base is calling for his head, so he may be the change. Meanwhile, everyone in baseball is just laughing at them because as we all saw on Twitter all offseason long, they were extremely cocky, but now everyone is reminded doesn't matter how many big names you sign if you don't have pitching. They are 39 and 38, and they have a huge four-game series against the Mets. And if they get swept by the Mets, the Phillies very easily could be in fourth place by the end of the week, which would be hilarious. Um, and then we move to the only team that's really not a dumpster fire right now, and that's the Braves. They are the second-best team in the National League. They are season-high, six and a half games up. 14 games above 500. They've won five series in a row. And they're actually the biggest threat to the throne, the Dodgers. The Braves will continue to run away to division as everyone else eats themselves alive. Um, they play the Cubs next in Chicago and are 46 and 32. And there you have it, the week that was very drama-filled in the NL East. Wow. That's a fun one. Oh, it was a good week. <laughs> It was. And to see for the first time, actually, now, you know, since the Atlanta uh, took first place in the division, the Phillies are, we're only two games back of the Phillies. So with a 12 game stretch against crappy teams, we could, and then playing the way they are, we could find ourselves in second place before the end of the next week. And we do this next episode. It's, it's incredible. Like this division's so bad all of a sudden, like everyone's falling apart. It is. It is. And it's fun. I feel like if we have to suck sometimes, then, you know, at least the teams around us mostly suck. And we have sucked less of late, I would say. I mean, even in yesterday's debacle of a loss, they scored nine runs. And you should never lose hey. a game in which you score nine runs. But Winning is all about who sucks less. That's what it is. Yes. Hey, those are That's wise profound. words from wise, man. Yep. True. You know, we should make t-shirts. Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where that comes from? <laughs> Sounded familiar. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's move I on. I had to check Sorry, three sources about this med story because I did not believe it because I thought it was a sports talk Barry thing. 
but my god, that was incredible. Sorry, I, I hate sports. Yeah, okay. I hate sports. He's talk the absolute worst. <laughs> yeah, but that's a wonderful story. How fun is that? It's fun because it's not us. I kept thinking that about Rosenthal when they, whom they finally DFA today. Hallelujah, or outright released, I guess. But um, I just kept thinking that that if it had been any other team, I would have thoroughly enjoyed watching the dumpster fire that was the Rosenthal experiment, but I'm glad it wasn't us. So when I look at this Mets story, all I can think of is that's freaking awesome. And I'm so glad it's not us. Amen. Amen. Okay. So that is a good segue into our, the good, the bad and the ugly segment, which once again is actually going to be our, the good, the gooder and the goodest. We're, we're going for a superlative and a comparative today. Sure. 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 More grammar. (laughs) Uh, Sure. And the silence was deafening. Okay, so the good is Trevor Rosenthal is no longer a Washington National. Everybody, can we have a round of applause? Yay! No more Trevor Rosenthal. Wait, hold on, guys. Sorry for him. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers (laughs) for the learners who had to swallow seven million dollars. Um, I just I feel so sorry for those that those that family. That's seven million dollars they had to eat. God, I mean, yeah, the terrible. pile of money they swim in, like yeah. Scrooge McDuck, is just a little bit smaller. Let, let's than hope they can recover from that such a devastating financial burden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go just recap the Trevor Rosenthal experiment. It was twelve games, six point one innings pitched. A Jesus, 22.74 ERA. I could barely say that without laughing. A 3.63 whip, five strikeouts, 15 walks, 16 earned runs, eight homers, and a negative 0.4 war. Eight hits. He actually did not give up a home run. Fun fact. Oh, eight hits. Sorry, (laughs) of reading this wrong. It's pretty bad when your ERA is 22.7 and you didn't give up a home run. (laughs) Wow. My favorite... My favorite thing about this is that uh, the Nats sent their like best scout to go watch his bullpen session, and he came back and told Mike Rizzo, Mike, you need to sign this man. 15 minutes after uh, free agency started, he was the first person signed of the entire offseason. Goes on to have the worst, the worst season any reliever has had in MLB history. That is not exaggeration. That is a stat. No reliever has ever pitched six or more innings, had an ear rate close to 22. So congratulations to Trevor, and also congratulations to Mike Rizzo and the learners, who probably could have the team a lot better if they didn't sign him and sign someone else. I mean, what was it that Keenan Thompson said at the, uh, oh, God, not knowing this team, probably not, Um, but it was like what Keenan Thompson said at the NHL Awards, like, regardless the Tampa Bay Lightning set records whether they win the most games or lose the most games. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal is the same way. He's setting records regardless. Yeah. Hey, he can tell his kids one day about this. They may call you names, but at least they call you, right? No big deal. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, well, you know, good riddance. He seems like a lovely human. I'm sure, like I said, he could dry his uh, he could dry his tears with all the piles of money he got for being terrible at his job, and he'll be all right. <sighs> but that's over. So let's talk about the gooder. The gooder was we swept Philly, outscoring them 15 to six. Yeah, um, they played them at the right time. The pitching staff, as we're going to talk about next, looked really good. 
it's always good when you sweep divisional rival. And now after they just split with the Diamondbacks, they absolutely needed to win that series. And they did. The offense showed up. The pitching showed up. The bullpen was really good. And that was probably the best series they played all season long. And it's always nice when you sweep a divisional rival. Yes. Yeah, it's good. just, I mean, we'll talk about them more, obviously, throughout the rest of the episode. But it's just like everyone's, well, everyone important is back healthy now. Yes, yeah, shot at Zim. But the <laughs> bullpen still sucks. And it's still a problem. So it's like we're back to where we were at the beginning yep. of the season. So it's like... I mean, it's still a big problem. Like, just because Soto, Rendon, Trey are back, that doesn't fix the bullpen problems. As Amanda said at the beginning of the show, like, we should never lose when we're scoring nine runs. But we did no. just last night. So, I know. That's why I'll never say this team's back, because the Nats should have and could have swept the Braves easily this season, uh, this weekend. But they didn't, because the bullpen had a complete meltdown twice. Yeah, I mean, and, we like, easily could have. You can't go anywhere. Yeah, granted, like, uh, yeah. one of the Philly games got rained out, but, I mean, we easily could have swept the week against the top two teams in the division, which would have been insane, but granted, we still had a great, I, I guess by our standards, a great homestand or against these two teams, but, I mean, still could have been a lot better, and you're just missing it out on been... badly needed opportunities. They could have been yeah, four great. and a half back if the bullpen didn't blow. Yeah, we've talked about like this that... all, all season with the bullpen. Even mm-hmm. last season, I feel like it was like, oh, if the Nats sweep the Marlins this weekend, oh, then we're two games back. Well, then, like, the Marlins end up sweeping us or, like, one, two out of three. Like, it's just how how long is the narrative going to be of oh, the Nats do this, they'll be this many games back. Yeah, Like, if, I feel if, like that's – And the thing is – yeah. Forever. Yeah, if they were just if they were just average, we've said this before too. If they were just an average bullpen, we might be in we might be on top of the division right now. If they hey, just they're still not above five hundred, they are still not <laughs> above five hundred. People don't realize but how many it. wins. Right? How many wins would we have if if the bullpen were just at a historic average? I think probably they 69. have ten more wins right now. Oh, oh nice. absolutely. But hey, 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 the bullpen is now no longer the worst bullpen in MLB history. It's just the worst bullpen since 1950. So they're getting better. So, I mean, better. come on, guys. Progress. <laughs> come on, guys. The boys are battling. No, no, no. Well, no, it's Ryan. It, Ryan, that's a lot better now because the way it works is when you cut someone whose ERA is above 22, that ERA gets taken off your season oh total. My God. So it drops down and you're better. See? Wow. Mm. Yeah, that's so how it Addition fans, by subtraction. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Those fans were right. The Nats are in the pennant race, and they are legit. Okay. Yeah. Essentially, Rosenthal has never pitched this season because we cut him. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah. All right. It works for me. I, I'm, I'm not going to look that up. It's too good to, too good to look up. Yeah, don't fact check me. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to the goodest, which is the starting rotation looked spectacular on this homestand. Um, over the five-game win streak, uh, 35.2 innings pitched, 15. I mean, uh, 12 earned runs, 33 strikeouts, and that is a 3.04 ERA for the staff. Yeah, I mean, so, obviously we know what we numbers. have um, at the top, but even Corbin, after his like dominant uh, complete game shutout like a month ago, he had some rough starts, so it's good to see him get back on track. Um, but obviously. <laughs> 
Sanchez pitching at a high level is huge for us. He's looking like what we invested in uh, when we signed him in the offseason. And Fetty's looking like a competent back-of-the-rotation guy. Uh, he got, I mean, hit around a little bit his last start, which is fine because that's just what Fetty's going to be. Like, every starter gets hit around in a start here or there. So if he can be a competent guy, have a ERA that's like three six, three seven, that's still a win for us, for sure. Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure Jeremy Hellickson is. I'm pretty sure Jeremy Hellickson is dead at this point. Um, <laughs> Where is but, he? <laughs> uh, I don't even know. Think, Where is he? I mean, he? yeah, Fetty looks like a competent back of the rotation starter, which is honestly a, a huge win considering like how he's looked in years past. I think uh, Hellickson's hanging out with Coda Glover somewhere in an alternate dimension. So, <laughs> <that's not. laughs> Coda Glover. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where is Coda Glover? <laughs> he He's in the farm upstate. <laughs> oh my god. I'll just never forget when Coda Glover told reporters that the Nats didn't have a closer controversy because he was going to solve it or whatever. <laughs> and then he blew like three hey, straight I like saves. The and like, he blew three straight saves and has been like on the DL ever since. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that he's ever. It's a shame because he does have he had some stuff. He saw flashes, but I don't think that guy's ever gonna ever gonna really. Every like, reliever yeah. in Nat's history has had some stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you don't get here without stuff. some stuff, right? But yeah, and some of the stuff he has is a whole lot of injuries. That's nice. Yeah. So anyway, taking after Ryan um, Yeah, but this. So as bad as the bullpen has been, the starting rotation has been that good. I mean, they have just I, there's not enough there's not enough things to say about how good this rotation has been, especially um, Scherzer. But we're going to get to him in a little while. Um, talk about the black eye game because that was oh, did he get traded? Classic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we are not trading Max, but we'll get to that conversation in a bit. So let's talk roster moves. Um, there were quite a few today. Um, we talked about Rosenthal's release. They sent Joe Ross down to AAA, or should we say out west to AAA. And uh, Austin Voth and Kyle McGowan both back up with the big club. Joe Ross is so confusing because, like, they send him down to be a a starter, and then they call him up, and they throw him in the bullpen, even though it's completely different what he's been doing. So I have no idea what they're doing with Ross. Maybe their entire opinion of him changed. That entire situation is confusing. It's so – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to talk about Voth. Go ahead. It's just so dumb. Like, I mean, Ryan hit it right on the head. Like, you are essentially, for all intents and purposes, training him to be a starter. After the injury, you're training his arm to go starters minutes, per se, starters innings, that amount of pitches. And then you bring him up and you only use him as a reliever. It makes zero sense. Like, there's a reason, there's a, like, starters can go the amount of pitches they do because they train to do that. Relievers cannot because that's not how they are trained to pitch. They are trained to pitch 100% every single pitch, and that's why they basically go out there and give it all they got for 20 pitches, whereas someone like Max will, like, spread it out, obviously, because he has to go longer. So Joe Ross is being trained as a starter. But then he gets up here and is used as a reliever. It makes zero sense. Yeah, it's and it's, it's so unfair to him. 
I think, because yeah. he's never really had a chance to get into the role that he wants to be in and, you know, right. or even know, like, am I a reliever or am I a starter? And if they called him up, why not just have him make the spot start today instead of using him out of the bullpen? He was he was supposed to. Like, that's the weird thing. Right. And then Davey, of course, because he makes inexplicably stupid decisions, just decided to throw him in, you know, in the middle of a, of a bullpen situation and then burn him so he can't start today. And then they had to call off both to make the start. It's just bizarre. What they're doing uh, like, I don't just imagine you you have like a, a grinding unpaid internship that's supposed to train you for this like high paying job and then you get there and they don't even nothing you use in your internship applies and you're just thrown out to the wolves like once you get up there it makes zero sense and like so when yeah. i look at his what 11 and a half era or whatever it is now i'm not yeah. surprised and i'm not like discouraged by it either it's just he is being thrown out there in an unfair situation. He pitched the eighth inning last night. They had one run <laughs> and he pitched the eighth inning. What yeah, the hell? I don't know why he went. Rosenthal and then Ross went. Tony Sip, Matt Grace, um, all these other. Probably could have, yeah, you probably could have gone to Doolittle. I mean, you had a chance to win that game. Yeah. I mean, Doolittle had one night off and it wasn't ideal, but there's an off day tomorrow. Like, why? When you have a chance to win the series and you have a four-run lead and, and you've already just, especially after you let Rosenthal walk the bases loaded, like, why would you, I don't know. I just, I don't understand it the decisions that zero, They are absolutely just zero sense. baffling. Yeah, yeah I'm going to I'm gonna yeah. go to the guy who uh, was supposed to start tomorrow, but hey, man, you're going to go through the eighth inning in the tie game. Go get them. Right, and then Austin the Bolt, who is, and Austin Bolt is going to be jet-lagged in a mess. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Hey, the good news of the whole entire situation, the Nats called up a young guy who actually looked good in a start for the first time. In he did. Yeah, what he was threw, up with both velocity today? <laughs> he, was up to like, he was up to like 96. Yeah, and last year, wasn't Better he hitting like 91, 92, if I remember correctly? Like when we it's saw him It's almost before. like the Nats actually took their time and developed this guy a little bit last year. Yeah. yeah. Shocker. When There's you take no your way. time and develop guys, they can actually get better. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't see how that could be possible. I don't know. That sounds, that sounds sketchy to me. Sounds fake. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you're making that up. Yeah. Sorry. Don't. Fact okay. So we're going to have to cut that part out of the pod. We can't. Have that. <laughs> um, okay. What about Kyle McGowan? Thoughts? Um, he's terrible and he shouldn't be up. That's all I gotta say about it. He's a funny last name. <laughs> Succinct. I like it. <laughs> Quality <laughs> content, <You> people. <laughs> Quality content right there. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna throw out there my thoughts on Kyle McGowan is that all I can ever think about when I hear his name is Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. So, there we go. Kyle McGowan sounds like the villain in, like, a early 2000s, like, rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> wow all right i can see it he's like the guy who's, who's supposed to marry he's the guy who's supposed to marry the girl but then yeah. you're, still, you're in love with her so you have to go get the girl but he's wearing like yeah, a puka way. shell necklace and has frosted tips or something where's flip-flops right where it's like bro <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think you've gone far enough down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, let us compose ourselves and move on. That might have been my favorite segment <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
let's talk about Max Scherzer and the black eye game. So first of all, let's say that the video of him bunting a ball off his own nose is not so fun to watch. Oh my right, God. Children. children. All right, wait, Brian. There's please. two all valuable right. life lessons out here. Children, <laughs> yeah. One, don't half-ass anything because you'll get hurt just like Max Scherzer did. Max doesn't care about the kids. Two, don't bunt <laughs> like a coward because you only get hurt. Cause that's two people who gotten hurt. Also, pitcher shouldn't hit. Drop, drop, Mike. Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. Okay, Nick. first of all, that's but... three things, and you're wrong. <laughs> uh, no, pitchers absolutely should not hit. That's case in point right there. That was dumb. Wrong. Um, another point. Uh, no, right because he broke his nose. They have a, so, they have a um, negative one sixty-seven WRC plus. Anyways, keep going, Nick. Um, yeah, Michael A. Taylor's better than that. Anyways, <laughs> um, so that was a poor bun attempt. I was. Like, Amanda loves to point out, oh, well, I love watching Max hit. <laughs> Max clearly does not want to be up there if he's, like, bunting like that. He's That well, was literally just such crap. a half-ass He half said a million bunt. times how much half he works on his hitting bunt. and likes to hit. Oh, yeah, really? Well, then why, why did he injure himself hitting right before the playoffs in 2017? Well, yeah, he totally did mm -hmm. that on purpose and worked mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. before the mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Lloyd. Anyways, so the, I'm the sure one half-ass butt in batting practice. The, <laughs> yeah, because he clearly didn't want to be there, and that's what he gets. Oh, that's so he dumb. said a thousand <laughs> times that he loves to hit. So I'm sure one half-ass butt well, in batting practice proof? negates where's everything he's ever said. About <laughs> where's your proof? <laughs> My <laughs> proof is his broken nose. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's Anyways, irrefutable. The, I don't know how anybody the, can argue. The funniest with part of that video is as soon as it happened, if you saw the um. Whoever's throwing DP, his like complete like coach dance of disappointment. <laughs> He's oh man, it was so funny. Um, it was one hundred percent on Max. <laughs> yeah, but I have a conspiracy theory that Max did it on purpose to like kind of mimic uh Kurt Schilling's like bloody sock game because he knew he was going to be amped up against Philly anyways. So he wanted a little bit more hype around it. So he purposely broke his nose, which is even more badass. He randomly opinion. bunted a ball off his own face on purpose so that he could reenact the bloody sock You're saying he game? works on it all the time, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that he can I'm not bunt a ball straight does, back up into his nose. <laughs> Max you're is a goddamn animal. Without any sources, mind you, you're saying all this stuff. <laughs> but, I mean, we're just going along with it. All Max right. is the type well, of guy who'll let you punch punch him in the face. He'll just laugh and then knock you out. Like Max is just a yeah. freak. That was he just is. the funniest moment. Change my mind. He's probably honestly like like the Joker or something. Just gets hit in the well, face. I have to starts say laughing. The, the, the visual effect of him pitching with that nasty black eye and broken nose was pretty awesome. And uh, I still think his twenty strikeout game is my all time favorite game, but this one was definitely up there on the list, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Ooh. I think it was really. Think, uh, you really didn't like his inning in the playoffs. <laughs> um, not my favorite Max Scherzer performance, I have to say. Not my very favorite. It's almost like if he didn't I was have there to work on and I didn't so much, enjoy he could have worked on his pitching more come playoff time and <laughs> yeah, not have. Yeah, I'm that. sure that's the issue. I'm sure he doesn't have yeah. enough time to work on his pitching. I'm sure that's yeah. the problem. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, yeah. Max is <laughs> on fire. He's an animal. That's the gist of he's this awesome. for everyone who's listening out there. He's a damn animal. He's a he's awesome, and his his starts are appointment television for me. I absolutely never miss one. There'll be appointment like television for guy. everyone in the state of New York. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Heavy sigh is all I have to say about that. Okay. So, um, Ryan, looks like you... <laughs> Ryan, yes. you want to uh, talk to us about the all-star finalist voting in which Rendon did not advance. Yes, which is not surprising. Uh, the top three at every position, the top nine outfielders were announced. Um, the voting for that Braves goes up Wednesday. The poll. Yes, it's all about fan bases. I don't really care about fan voting. I think people complain about it or annoying, but the Nationals not have a single finalist at any position. Um <laughs> Max Scherzer is going to be their only, their only uh, star uh, representative. All star, yeah. Rendon may get in there by like a coach's pick because he's going to lose in the fan vote for like the the fan vote for the fourth year in a row because some random player of the bigger fan base is going to win. Uh, and then Max Amora. is going to be the only one out there. <laughs> Kyle Schwarber is going to yeah. get in there over him. Yep. I've gotten to the point where I don't care anymore about the All Star Game. Like it's so silly with the liar. It's, it's such a it's such a joke about <laughs> the way so that he gets it and who doesn't. <laughs> no, I really well, am not. Was, especially because he doesn't care. I mean, he says a million exactly. times he doesn't want to go and he doesn't care. So I don't care. Either. And Nats fans get so mad about it. Who cares? Like MLB's tagline for it is "See your favorite players watch the biggest stars." It's a popularity contest. You should not get upset about this. Um, it's in Cleveland yeah, anyways. Man, do we really want to send about it? <laughs> do we really want to send Rendon to freaking Cleveland? LeBron hated Cleveland so much he left twice. Like, come on. <laughs> well, who can argue with that? <laughs> yeah, I really can't argue that. <laughs> yeah. No one here is gonna defend Thanks. Cleveland, so we can move on. <laughs> and LeBron right, is going with Cleveland. It's outside Cleveland too. <laughs> he left it twice. <laughs> he left it. My dad's from my dad's from Cleveland, but even I'm not going to defend Cleveland. All right. See, well, Amanda before left we too. go on, yeah. Well, I've never even I've never even been there. But I don't. Well, Amanda yeah, hated nobody, it so he much even she go never back. went. <laughs> all right. So before we continue, let me remind all of our listeners about the DMV Sports Network's library of podcasts. There are shows for all the major teams in the DMV, including ours, of course. Um, make sure you check them out. You can find links for all of them at the DMV Sports Network website, dmvsportsnetwork.com. Um, you can also find their two mixed bag shows. It's About Time DC and the Dom and Thunder show. So please give them a listen. And for them and for us, um, we always love it if you want to leave us reviews and interact with us on Twitter. We always enjoy it. So let's move on talk about um, our national Mount Rushmore picks. Yes, this one's fun. So, Nick, yes. why don't you go first? Oh, man. All right. So, how are we doing this? So, so it's your four. We can, it could be the best, most important coaches, players, personnel, anyone, anyone you think is the four best or most important people in the Washington Nationals history. All right. So, the Mount Rushmore. Order does not matter, and we can pick the same people, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. It's not a draft. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just going to go with the obvious one. I mean, he is Mr. National for as bad as he's been in recent years, but Ryan Zimmerman, I mean, he's been with us ever since. Paying him a compliment just pains you. <laughs> I mean, why? I'm not getting any, anything in return. This is a business. Exactly. Silence. Um, but yeah, he, he's meant a lot to the organization over the years, and he'll mean a lot next year, even though he won't be on the team. So, Ryan Zimmerman, Mount Rushmore. Okay. Hey, well. I should be All a right. salesman. 
<laughs> Who are your other three? Or do you, need, do you need a second? Oh, no. I thought we were going to go one at a time. No, All just right. give us your All four. Right. Well, do oh, you have your four or do you want someone else to go? I have my four, but I don't know why right. we're going yeah. all four at once. Oh, okay, whatever. Okay, fine. All right, Ryan. All right, fine, fine. <laughs> we might so have we should one... work this out ahead of time. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Sorry to the, all of you people listening. We're gonna we know exactly what we're doing. Stop apologizing. <laughs> we don't care about that. <laughs> uh, Just kidding. My one order does not matter. We're probably on the same four people anyways. Um is Bryce Harper. You have to have him in here. God He's the best it. position player to ever play for Nationals. A lot of people are upset about him being on the Phillies and hate him, but there's a reason why. Which is why. so stupid. So stupid. I, I, I'll save it. Sorry. There's a reason why. His highs, he was the youngest unanimous MVP. He was a wet bag away from being the youngest player in MLB history. Have two MVPs. His lows last season, he still is the third player in MLB history. To have 30-plus home runs, 30-plus doubles, 100-plus walks, 100-plus run scores, 100-plus RBIs in one season. He was the fifth player in MLB history to have an OPS of at least 900 through age 25. And for that, he is up there. Yeah, I, I you know, I, he's kind of dead to me at this point. Not, I'm not mad about it. I don't really care anymore, but I definitely think you can't have a Nationals Matt Rushmore without him. Um, I'm going Scherzer. He's got to be on there. Um, he's, you know, the He's absolutely the most exciting player that the Nats have had. Um, other than Harper, I think he's you know definitely the best pitcher they've ever had on the team. And he's you know the, the no hitters, the 20, 20 strikeout game. He's he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So he there's no way you can have a Mount Rushmore without him on it. Yeah. So I mean, I'll just do two in a row because I do have Max and Bryce on the Mount Rushmore for all the reasons you guys mentioned. I mean, Bryce put us on the map um and then obviously max uh, followed shortly thereafter and has kept us relevant even through tumultuous times um but they're both arguably the top two players in nats history um just for all their on the field accomplishments and what they've meant to the franchise franchise um people wouldn't hate bryce so much if he didn't mean so much the franchise in the first place and that's just facts yeah agreed. so um i mean he's for whatever your opinion on him is now he's still one of the most important nationals of all time and obviously max will probably be the first nationals hall of famer not saying he's not a hall of famer i'm just saying he'll he will in all likelihood go in as a nat and that's why i say probably um but yeah he'll probably be the first national hall of famer which is pretty freaking cool so obviously he deserves probably the top spot on the mount rushmore yeah all right um who else you got Ryan? max is max is on mine zimmerman also has to be there um like i said we're all like the same people so with my fourth person um mr sorry i didn't say my reason why max the dude's the goat um Look at his numbers. I think he has like the highest war of anyone in like franchise history, not including Expos. He's been here what four years, and then Ryan like has to be Zimmerman first overall pick in franchise. He's Mister National. He embodies what it means to be a National. No one will ever again wear his number, and he should be the first person Nationals uh, Ring of Honor, not some stupid guy named Jason Worth who for just 
character reasons alone, I don't support people who have been arrested. He is not going to be in my Mount Rushmore. Um, so with that said, my fourth person, Mount Rushmore, it is the most hyped up pitching prospect ever. The dude nice. who I, who was the most hyped up person to make his debut. It is Steven Strasburg. Yes, he has battled injuries, but when Matt, when he is healthy, he is a top five pitcher in baseball. His stuff is ridiculous. He has numerous franchise records for pitching, and he is going to finish career here. People keep talking about him opting out. Steven Strasburg isn't going anywhere. Um, he's a great pitcher, good guy, and for that, he is in my Nationals Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think Stra- my only other person I even thought about just for longevity and belovedness to the fan base was Desmond, but I couldn't put him in there above Strasburg. He is. If it weren't for Max being on the staff, Strasburg would be the biggest, you know, pitching star we've ever had. And he's more quietly because he's in Max's shadow. I think also probably having a Hall of Fame career. So he he's definitely my fourth pick too. Yeah, and I mean, not really good for a podcast, but I have the same four. I had Strasburg <laughs> as well. I saved it for last because Did we I wasn't all agree? sure. That- <laughs> yeah, I saved it for last because I wasn't sure if you guys would have him as well, um, but obviously you did, so kind of ruined that. But uh, yeah, he was the one before Bryce. Even he, I mean, back to back first picks, and Stephen was the the first one of those two. And uh, yeah, he was arguably just as hyped up as Bryce was coming oh, yeah. into the draft. And that fourteen um, just... strikeout debut—you'll never forget it. It was yeah. so electric. It, it, was, most, it was, was electric. The best yeah. moment in Nat's history up to that point. Yeah, it, it was awesome. I mean, obviously, you get a bunch of uh, big prospect debuts now, but he was pretty much the first one just because when he came up in what twenty ten or whatever it was, uh, prospects were used very differently. They were pretty much only seen as trade chips, and they weren't called up the way they are now. You never saw a 19-year-old come up and have an impact, or even someone like Pete Alonso or anyone like that. It was just a very different way baseball was played, and that was only uh, less than a decade ago, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, he was really the first one to kind of start that revolution of young electric pitching prospects and everyone else has followed in his footsteps. Um, So for being a trailblazer in that regard, and um, as Ryan said, all of the franchise records and accomplishments. Yeah, he absolutely deserves to be up there. And I mean, I think one of the reasons we all have the same force because yes, we're a young franchise, but there's not that much competition either. It's not like we have, (laughs) we've had the same manager for 14 years and it's not like, I mean, we've had anyone aside from Zim and I guess Desmond have the longevity on the team. Um, So it's, it's kind of an easy pick them, but I mean, they, they are all deserving regardless. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that to um, myself. Bleacher Report did every team's Mount Rushmore, and, like, they had to include three people from the Expos just because they couldn't really think of anyone had, like, truly deserving Mount Rushmore for the Nationals. It was, like, Bryce and, like, three Expo players. I thought that was pretty funny. And no Max? Nah, Max wasn't on that. Um, They had Glamour Guerrero, Probably just because. And then one other person. Yeah. I mean, mean, Max has only been on the 
team for four years. And, I mean, obviously, he's been great. That's why they didn't him. pick him. Yeah, but yeah. just not not enough tenure on the Nats yet. Well, All luckily right, for us, he's going to be guys. here for a really long time, though. So. Yep, one Ooh, month. Can, can we do, like, a quick, just off the top of your head, like, Mount Rushmore of worst players of coaches be on the Nats? Or no, just, like, oh, worst, worst players? Worst people. Worst people, like... Whether it's like on field performance or for whatever reason, just like a complete disappointment. Just quick. All right. All right one through. I got you. I got you. I got you. Trevor Rosenthal. Ooh, Trevor Aaron Rosenthal. Barrett, Adam Eaton. Um, oh. Um, Nig- Nigel Morgan. To oh, get out of here, Nigel Morgan. Show some respect. Nigel Morgan. He, okay, his most iconic play was him slamming his glove on the ground that led and to an inside park home run for Adam Jones. <laughs> it was awesome. I've got Bob Henley. Bob Henley's on mine. <laughs> wow, surprising. The one guy we can do personnel and coaches, right? Yeah, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. on my yeah. Mount Rushmore of most disappointing. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say Trevor Rosenthal. Recent seat bias plays into that, but uh, yeah, he was very bad. I'm going to say Jonathan Papelbon. Um, oh, yeah, forgot why. about him. Yeah, just something just kind of came out and grabbed me to tell me. I should probably pick him. Um, let's see. Kelvin Herrera. By the neck. Kelvin Herrera is, he's up there. Uh, I'm going to go Aaron Barrett. I want to go him, but I don't want to copy Ryan. So no. I'm going to say Henry Rodriguez because that was Henry Rodriguez. <laughs> uh, That's a good one. <laughs> and like, I want to go Drew Storen, but he had some good years too. It was just obviously he blew up in the playoffs. Um, number four though. Easily, Jason Worth. Easily. Oh, easily. Not even a question. I mean, how fast was he going on 395? Think of the kids. Oh, <laughs> hashtag I disappointment. Hashtag I dangerous. Even... Hashtag violence. <laughs> I was... <laughs> hashtag one game suspension. Hashtag MLB UA. <laughs> 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 um, oh, no, I wasn't my. even thinking for character clause, but I just... He's he was not a good contract. You cannot change my mind. He did not bring players in. Who did he bring in? Tell me, Bryce Harper. Uh, no, he didn't. He had zero <laughs> part in recruiting Max Scherzer. We were already. I mean, the year before we signed Max, we were eighty and eighty-one, which I mean, yeah, isn't great, but compared to what we did in years past, I was we could. It was evident that we were trending in the right direction, and that was after. We had drafted Strasburg and Harper, and we had guys like uh, both Zimmermans, Desmond, young guys coming up. You could see there was something there, and Max was like the obviously the icing on the cake to first round failure. But I mean, he Worth had zero part in that, so he did not bring in anyone. He did not put us on the map. That was Bryce Harper. That was Steven Strasburg. That was Max Scherzer later on. That was. Everything but Jason Worth. Um, I'm not sure I there's agree. anything in the world you enjoy more than bagging on Jason Worth. <laughs> well, did you see what Adam Eaton said today? He's officially on my uh, crap list. He's a douche. I didn't. What was I it? hate Adam Eaton. He said he said he supports the exploitation of minor leaguers and is against them being paid fair wages because he thinks those conditions and them not getting paid makes them better. He said he wouldn't have been where he is now if it wasn't for that, and that it's a lot easier for him to say that now because he doesn't have a mortgage, but he was thankful for those conditions. Shut the he, hell up, he, dude. <laughs> I hate him so much, and this 
I hope this changes people's minds who previously liked him because I cannot stand him. He is stuck up. He is arrogant. He does not give any crap in the world about other people. Now that he's made it, he's fine. And he's probably one of those minor leaguers that had mommy and daddy pay for everything along the way so that he could take his signing bonus and blow it on whatever came to mind and didn't have to struggle like these young kids who have to use their signing bonus and live with like seven or eight other people in a small apartment because they cannot make it. It is literally exploitation of minor league players, and that's why we're going to have a strike. It's not because of free agency. It's not because of the owners versus the players. It's because of the minor league stuff why we're going to have a strike. And Adam Eaton being outspoken on the wrong side of this is one of the many reasons I cannot stand him, and I will always be triggered by people who defend him because they clearly do not know what they're talking about. You know know what the funniest thing about this is? So this article asked every single person on the Nationals 25-man roster, 24 of the people said that they do not support it and they all think minor leaguers should be paid more. Adam Eaton was the lone person who said otherwise. Where was it? I want to read the article. Um, I quoted it. I think The Guardian tweeted it out. He's one oh, of those yeah, people who think just because they're like they have the the differing opinion that they're like hot shit. Sorry for my language, but like he's just I cannot stand him, and I want him gone more than I like ever wanted Jason Worth gone, more than I want Davy Martinez gone. If Adam Eaton is off the team by the end of the year, and Davy Martinez is still somehow our manager, I still view that as a win because I cannot stand Adam Eaton. He is an average mediocre baseball player at best that we traded away very, very good prospects for. And it's just blowing up in our face. And the more time that passes, it just shows how bad that trade is. Well, and that's I my can rant. tell you, I'm done. Oof. I, uh, <laughs> thank you for your rant. I, uh, I agree with most of it, except for the part about thinking it's more important that he be gone than Davey Martinez, because personality issues aside, I'd rather have... Listen, I just got caught up. I'm sorry. Mediocre would be a vast improvement for Davey Martinez. I I got caught up. I apologize. Hey, it's passion. Well, I would like to read that article, so I'm going to go check it out. But, Um, um, you know, the the exploitation of minor leaguers is terrible. Okay, I'll I'll check it out. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah, that is... that is definitely, I think you're right that the minor league issues are going to be the cause of some serious labor unrest in the future. And you know, the idea that, that they have from Congress this dispensation to you know, pay them just an outrageous slave wage is just terrible. And I can't imagine it's going to stand for very much longer. And I'd love to see more major leaguers make that the focus of their labor negotiations with the unions instead of I mean, I understand not all major leaguers are making a ton of money, but the league minimum is still a very nice, a very nice sum of money for most people. And the guys at the minor league level need most people. Well, the league yeah. minimum, the minor leaguers aren't even making league minimum. Yeah, I know. That's well, what I'm saying. Leaguers, I mean, the league oh, minimum okay. for Sorry. major leaguers Sorry. should I missed, they should, I like they should ex- yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I would like to see um, the major I mean, league guys, even the lower paid ones, <laughs> take some of their their you know negotiating capital and use it to help the major, the minor leaguers out because it's never going to change unless the major leaguers yeah. make it. No. And th- this actually, for everyone listening, this actually wasn't in our show doc. So this is completely like off script here, but we very rarely, just cause we do like to have fun. We very rarely have serious conversations like this to address what Adam Eaton said, like to play, not devil's advocate, but to try to see it from his, his side, I can see, 
what he's saying, like the grind of having to deal with everything he went through as a minor leaguer to make it has basically hardened him, hardened him and made him tough. Like I get that, but that doesn't mean like that's the ideal situation. It just means he's one of the lucky ones who made it through. Like, yeah. Like there's yeah. people who had rough childhoods that have these great stories. Now that doesn't mean they want their kids to go through the same childhoods to like get where they are. They want to make it better for <laughs> their children, the children after that. And like, yeah, yeah. that may and be I a, think that an they extreme... should make it better for the guys coming up behind them. Right. And yeah. that may be an, an extreme example, but it, it's kind of the same concept. Like just because Adam Eaton and all these other guys have, endured the grueling years of a minor league lifestyle doesn't mean that the next minor leaguer should have to go through the same thing. It should be better for the guys behind them. I mean, these guys are one. So one of my coworkers, his uh, nephew was in the minor leagues. He said that he lived in a studio apartment with eight other dudes and like half of them worked two, three jobs just so that they can even feed themselves and survive. Like, cause that's what they have to do. Yeah, because, like, like, the owners don't care at all. And it's the reason why the owners don't care about attendance either, because they get so much money from the collective bargaining agreement that, like, if this strike happens, it's going to be a long-ass time just to get this worked out. And for Adam Eaton to be like, oh, yeah, I'm okay with minor leaguers getting exploited, getting paid $3 an hour. Like, dude, come on. And you you can hear, like, uh, I listen to other baseball podcasts. I'm not going to – no free ads, but – like there's been guys who come on the show talking about the minor league life because obviously we're not the only ones talking about it. Um, we are the 15th ranked podcast, but we're not that good. Um, but <laughs> like there's, there are minor league or, um, excuse me, recently called up major league guys who are having some success who have talked about li what life was like in the minor leagues. And they're saying it's awful and that they had to have, help from their parents whether they wanted it or not they had to because there's no way they could survive because the minor league wages and the way it's set up is not conducive to living even a comfortable lifestyle like it's not even conducive to living a lifestyle at all because like ryan said they have to get two or three jobs outside of their main job which is playing professional baseball just to survive just to eat <laughs> like yeah well it's gonna change terrible. i'm telling you there's too much there's too much noise around it now for it not to change so i don't know how or when but whether it's going to take a strike and a, a whole new you know collective bargaining agreement to to include the minor league situation but it's going to change there's no way this is going to continue on at right. this point there's too many people paying attention to it so so i mean we'll see if, what if you guys can take you listeners can take one thing out of this just I hope you guys realize how dumb Adam Eaton looks for saying what he said in light of the whole situation surrounding minor leaguers. It's just, it's really, really a bad look. Well, let's do something fun now that we've been so serious for a few minutes. Let's announce the winner of our online contest. So for those of you who listen regularly, you know that on Twitter this week, we uh, had a contest for having a listener who left us a review and followed us and sent us proof of that, that we would choose somebody to come on and do a segment with us on the podcast. It's going to be super fun. So, Brian, Nick, which one of you wants to make the announcement? Go get him, Nick. What, are you going to give me a drum roll? God, I love our drum rolls. All right. Well, with 
this contest, first I would like to say uh, thank you to everyone who participated because uh, we got a lot of our heaters um, excited about the opportunity to come on the show and talk Nats with us. <clears throat> um, but there can only be one, and that one is at one lovely lady C. Congratulations. Woo! We Yay! will be DMing you and um, setting up a time to talk and what uh, um, segment we'll talk about, and it should be a good conversation. So not exactly sure when that uh, conversation will be a part of the podcast, but obviously we'll keep everyone in the loop. And thank you again to everyone who participated, and hopefully and we'll, we'll uh, have you guys on in the future. Too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Yep. Well, that is super fun. I'm excited about it. Okay, so speaking of Twitter, let's talk our Twitter questions for this week. Um, first one is from at Fruck2112, who said, Will Joe Ross ever be a legit MLB starting pitcher again? Not with Nats. Yeah, I was just about to say that. He's, I've, I've said this before, he's just one of those candidates who gets traded and, like, well, let me back up, because... With the Nats' success, it's just becoming more and more likely that they buy at the deadline, which would just be an absolute mistake. And we keep bringing up the point, well, who are we going to trade? Who do we have to trade? Joe Ross looks like a candidate at this point, just because of the way they've used him, the the back and forth between AAA and the big league club. He just looks like a prime candidate to be traded, and there's going to be a team jumping at the bit to to get a guy like Joe Ross with huge upside. Yes, he still has a ways to go. He needs to develop a strong second and third pitch and uh, obviously be actually used as a starter at the major league level. But he will be a legitimate starting MLB pitcher again. I'm not saying he's going to be like Lucas Giolito or anything like that, but he will be a pretty good MLB starting pitcher. Uh, but I don't think it's with the Nats. Yeah, I think that's probably true. And I'm kind of looking forward to um, when, if the Nats continue to, to be decent through the rest of the, you know, before the All-Star break and into July, and inevitably the learners decide to be buyers at the deadline, the um, meltdown episode we're going to have after where we get to listen to you guys um, rant about how they should have sold everything that wasn't nailed down is going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want like, to extend the, yeah, I don't want to extend the podcast anymore, but. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, we'll save that one if. for another week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're already running almost an hour here. So, okay, number number two Twitter question here is from at Riggle9000, who said, who will be playing second base for the Nats next year? Keyboom, will Dozier still be here? And then Rendon is an interesting one. Um, Rendon will not be here. Dozier will not be here. I think it's pretty interesting, but I think he's going to try to get a long-term two, three-year contract from someone. Yeah, um, to kind of take him to the end of his career. Bold prediction, Scooter Jeanette will be the starting second baseman next year. Just kidding. He won't be the Nats. going to put him there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Keeboom's probably the favorite. He still has a ways to go, but when he was up, he played a majority of his uh, time at shortstop, which isn't his position or his projected position when he comes up. So if we're talking... Like, who's going to start the year as the second baseman? Um, it's probably going to be Keeboom. Uh, I don't see them, I, as much as I would love someone like Scooter Jeanette or someone, um, I don't see them doing even the same thing they did with 
Dozier this year, and like even as a bridge, I think they're just gonna let Keebum take it. Yeah, I'm not sure that Dozier won't still be here. It wouldn't put it past of Rizzota if he if he continues to you know play, have a hot bat between now and the end of the year that they don't give him like yeah. a two year deal or something. So I'm not convinced he won't be here. Um, so I I don't know. I mean, Keebum certainly I think will probably be up. Um, I'm actually Rendon. Certainly, I expect to be gone. Um, if he if he hasn't signed by the trade deadline, I expect he's going to. That was kind of an interesting inclusion by him. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Who do you guys think is going to be playing third base? I'll go off the question here a little bit. What do you see going on for third base if Rendon? Miguel Andujar. (laughs) Yeah. When we trade, how did you predict that's going to happen? I would have to look at the list of free agents, but it's going to be like just a a low key mediocre free agent signing, um, like not even like to the status of Dozier, because like, obviously Dozier is a Gold Glove second baseman. It won't even be anyone like that. Um, again, I don't have the list of second baseman, but or third baseman, excuse me, but I don't know. I mean, but then again, Howie's deal is expiring, so I could see them bringing back Howie and. Slotting him in at third base too. That might be the the answer, actually. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, our next question is from the aforementioned at one lovely lady C, who says, "Do you think the Nats should be buyers or sellers at the deadline?" We just kind of talked well, about that. If Nats are smart, they have to sell at the deadline, regardless. Um, I still think they dug themselves in way too big of a hole, and they have too many teams in front of them. Also. They just don't have anything. Like I keep, I keep seeing people that say that they want the Nats to buy, and I ask them one simple question, and they can't answer it. How? You have an ownership that doesn't want to go over the luxury threshold. You also have the 27th ranked farm system, so you don't really have a lot. How do you fix this team? How do you make this team make up for the first 81 games that have not been very good? You and can't. Ryan made Ryan made a very good point there in that trading for anyone at the deadline of uh, of note, um, so and all, uh, basically buying at the deadline is going to put them over the luxury tax because obviously you're picking up the remainder of their salaries for the rest of the year, and that pushes the Nats above the cap. So if ownership hasn't gone over the cap to this point, and they're so hell bent on resetting uh, the the tax penalties by staying under for the full year, then how how are they buying at the deadline? Because you're, you can't really, like, swap a bigger contract for, like, a lesser contract unless you're providing the other team with top prospects, which, I mean, we're not really going to do in a just a very average deal. So, like, it just makes no sense, like, how we yeah. would ever buy, even if we were in a position to buy. Well, I think that you're probably both right, but I think that they will try to figure out As a way usual. to do it. If they are... Oh, right. absolutely. Well, if they are... If they are competitive and if the next month goes the way the last month has gone, then the learners are not going to be willing to be sellers and they're going to try to do something to shore up the bullpen like they do every July. And, uh, still under you know, 500. I kind of, right. I, well, right now, but you know, after this next 12 game stretch, that might not be the case anymore, but I just think it's kind of hard to say, I guess it's a cop out to answer the question, but I don't know what, whether they're going to be buyers or sellers. You giving a cop out answer? Next. Never. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but I just think it's going to depend if if things go poorly for the next month and they're, you know, five games under 500, then they're they're going to probably still not have as much of a sale as they should. But 
I swear, every question that is phrased like this, you're like, well, it depends. Obviously, it depends. Well, it does depend. (laughs) Well, the point is, you guys are saying they should should sell, they should sell, they should sell. What if they go on a hot streak and they're, you know, five back of Atlanta and, you know. There was a time. They're still selling. (laughs) (laughs) There was a time this year, about a month ago, where the Marlins were the hottest team in baseball. Should they buy the deadline, too? No, but my point is you don't – that's exactly – that makes my point. You don't know what's going to happen a month from now. A month ago, the Marlins were the hottest team in baseball. You don't, even, you don't know what's going to happen with the Nats in the next month. But that's so what I'm saying. I'm, Nats, I'm just still oh not God. willing to concede the entire season until we see Look, what happens. I'm about, to, I'm, a, I'm about to Kermit myself on the top of this building. <laughs> all, of, all these fans are like, I don't concede the season. You have to look at it from a business standpoint. Even if the Nats are one or two games back, I don't see the point of them buying because they get to the playoffs. They're the worst bullpen in baseball. They're the worst manager in baseball. I'll tell you how that series goes. Is that really worth it? And so after the year, you're going to lose a bunch of people. You have no farm system. And yeah, you have a lot of money to spend now. The farm, the free agency isn't what it used to be. Guys aren't as willing to go out there. You have to restock from within to set yourself up in case you keep missing out on free agents. And that's why I think think we're having two arguments here though, which is should and will my argument. You can argue that they should, and I won't, I won't disagree with you, but I'm saying if they're in the first or second wildcard spot or right there, you know, one game back from it or something at the deadline, they're not going to sell. They're just not. Well, this entire conversation is, is, well, this entire conversation is worthless because the Nats aren't going to sell. I, we we can say that we know what they're going to do. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, they, if they they probably won't even trade Rendon to be honest. They're gonna they're no, gonna they make won't. middling trades for mediocre bullpen help like they do every year. That's what they're gonna do. Yeah, and then if they they're gonna do it in the beginning of July, see if that helps. And then July thirty first, they're gonna trade like Matt Adams and Kyle Bearclaw and call it a day. Like the Braves maybe, maybe just Kendrick. traded for like Swarzak or whatever his name is. We're gonna make a trade like that for just some like reliever with the last name. Yeah, like the talents yeah. here on this team. But at some point, you are who you are. And they played how many games so far? Yep. Uh, I mean, it's, we're almost halfway through the season. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're under 500. Oh. Like, everyone everyone here made good points, but the learners are so frustrating. Except Amanda. <laughs> no, Amanda. You know what? <laughs> Amanda's going to snap one episode and just go off on you for bullying her nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> No, the learners just yeah. want to sell tickets. Just imagine the episode that happens when Max gets traded. Ooh. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. I, it's gonna be ugly. I can tell you that right now. You want to? It'll be one of the rants that Nick usually goes on, but it'll be me <laughs> for an me hour going long. on a rant. I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I went on a rant. Doesn't sound like yeah, it was about it's about twelve minutes ago. I think. Uh. All right, so we have one more. Uh, one more. A comment here from Matt, one lovely lady C, who says, prediction, if Anthony is traded, what kind of return would we get for him? Can you pick the team who makes he makes the most sense for? Same with Scherzer. So we kind of have touched on this, except for- Rendon. Rendon is tough because not a lot of the contenders need a need for third baseman. So it would be a AL team who could use a bat. And since he's a rental, you would either get one good prospect for him or he can go the Orioles route with Machado and give out five low, low to mid-tier prospects. So it'd be something like that. Um, I can see the Rays going for him. Um, if the Nats say, hey, we're listing offers from Max Scherzer, every team above 500 is calling the Washington Nationals. Mm-hmm. 
That is a fact. Yeah, even and like one, a team like the Padres who are looking for an ace. Yeah, and one of those teams is going to make an offer. They're going to do their best to make an offer. You can't refuse. Learners wouldn't take it anyways, but every team would call for Scherzer. Um, it just the obvious thing is the Yankees, just because the comments that their front office has made, which basically said, "Do whatever it takes to, yeah, do whatever it takes to get Max Scherzer." Yeah, the it fact that the Red Sox have won twice. <laughs> yeah, basically since have the Red Sox won twice or three times since the Yankees. Oh, uh, they've last. they've won twice since the Yankees won last. Yeah, so that's just putting all the pressure on the Yankees just because of that rivalry. So they want another one. Um, so, yeah, they're going to go all in. So if Max is available, they'll be the first team to call. And that they probably won't let anyone else outbid them. They'll they'll grossly overpay for Max if it means even. Uh, obviously, it means they'll increase their World Series odds. Um, but for Rendon, since he's the more likely one to get traded, uh, I agree with Ryan. The nice thing with Rendon is he does have the flexibility to play second base. Obviously, he hasn't played it in a while just because he's had a home at third base for several years now, but he is good enough to slide to second base in a pinch. If a team's making a push, obviously it'll um, become more clear. Like uh, if you look at the Dodgers with Manny Machado last year, they didn't trade for him after until after Corey Seager went down. So if there's a third base injury for a contender, um, yeah, you're, you can definitely see them going for Rendon. Um, But I think the Rays are good trade partner that would be a trade partner i'd be excited about um i've mentioned this before but the Rays just do a very good job at uh developing their prospects so whatever return we would get would probably be a very good one and those prospects would instantly be top five in in our um farm system not that that's hard to do uh like we just drafted a guy and he was already number three so Right. Big fish <laughs> um, in a small pond, if you will. <laughs> right. The other team I'm going to mention is the Brewers because I it just seems like they have so many bodies already. And while that might not make sense, they just do a good job of rotating guys and somehow finding homes for all their all their bats. So I can see a team like the Brewers going essentially all in uh, on a guy like Rendon and just basically going for it. Him and Yelich in the same lineup would be quite something to behold. With moves. <laughs> well, I think uh, I don't think Scherzer's going anywhere, but uh, oh, he's not. We we can talk about, it, but he ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yep, I don't think so either. All right, so we looked for our worst tweets of the week, and there were just so many candidates amongst all the people who. Yes, well done. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We 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 picked no particular tweet this week. We picked anyone who feels bad for Trevor Rosenthal. Uh, the man had more chances than he than anybody had a right to, and you know, obviously, it, it's the same people who it. felt bad for Sammy Solis. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's uh there's just you know it's it's a business. There's only so many guys who get to get to put on a major league uniform every day, and and Rosenthal just didn't need to be on a roster anymore, and. Uh, it's, it was Business way is time not to do it. good when you give up 22 runs a game on average. Well, right, and also it's just a matter of they basically – the Nets have been playing with a 24-man roster the entire season because of Rosenthal, and it affected yeah, everything, imagine. not just himself. It was all the bullpen. Everybody got shifted. Everybody had to pitch more innings because he couldn't pitch. It was it was terrible for morale. It, the whole thing just – he needed to go, and I don't know how anybody can feel sorry for him when he got that kind of money to be so terrible at his job. 
imagine there's like a Rosenthal defender or Stan out there who's saying like the Natchez need to provide more like run support for Trevor Rosenthal. <laughs> <laughs> we could just score 23 runs in the wrong game. situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wrong situations. If we had just scored more runs, yeah, 23 runs game, that ought to do it. <laughs> I don't do it. We did that once against the Mets, right? That Anthony Rendon 10 RBI game? <laughs> I think they the did twice against 25? the Mets. <laughs> I mean, imagine when Roosevelt had his infinite ERA. How, how many runs do we need then? I don't know, but that was my favorite thing. I think you guys sent out the thing earlier asking what was the favorite. That might be a fun thing for uh, a poll to put the, the for on Twitter for the favorite Rosenthal moment. <clears throat> Mine there were some the funny ERA. responses in there. This home run in game four of the NLCS. <laughs> can't resist a dig at work, can you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, there were some funny oh, well. ones. My the favorite one that I read on there was the uh, the mysterious IL stint because of a virus. <laughs> that was a pretty good one. <laughs> I got two serious answers in there, and I was like, you guys are the absolute worst and probably very upset about this. You have no sense I don't. I don't even know what a serious answer would be, to be honest. Friday. His like, they're like, yeah, Friday. his one, yeah, his clean inning. <laughs> yes, the one batter. What I loved was Davey. He got one. He got one out in one game, and Davey Martinez was like, "He gets the eighth tomorrow." That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he recorded one out. It was the same, He's back. It baby. was the same tweet when uh, Tanner Rainey did his debut. Tanner Rainey had a very average debut, and then the next day, he's the eighth inning guy. <laughs> Obviously, he's our setup man now. You're like, well, small, bit of a small sample size, but yeah, we're gonna do. Davey all right. Well, I think that is. Grenade. It was like, get it. <laughs> I saw all the tweets like this is your moment, and I'm like, oh my god, this is this really the, this is really what we're doing. <laughs> all right, um, anything else, you guys, before we go? Um, stay tuned. Big things are coming to Half Street High Heat. Yeah, we've got some cool interviews we'll... coming up soon. We'll make announcements soon. I honestly we'll, have we'll no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> little brain teaser. Oh, it's <laughs> we're in F, we're minute sixty nine right now. You're welcome, everyone. Wow. Well, we have to edit some out. So, crap. I'll do my <laughs> best to make it sixty nine minutes at the end. <laughs> wow, <laughs> living the dream over here, folks. We're living the dream. <laughs> God, Amanda. Amanda hates us. Hey, <laughs> see you tomorrow, Ryan. on that creepy note um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show Uh, please be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast that was the Mickey Calloway thing alright well uh, I lost you guys (laughs) I I, I got it oh okay it just wasn't funny it It just wasn't funny it it. was funny Ryan laughed You can get me on Twitter at awhite7877. You can find my very rude co-hosts at DC Jack, <laughs> and you can find the uh, the show at Half Street High Heat, and make sure to check out the dmvsportsnetwork.com. Um, you can find them on Twitter at dmv underscore sn, and if you want to join the team, you can DM them on Twitter or send them an email through the website. Have a good night, guys. Later. See you, guy.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.